This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome back to another episode of Shrink Chicks. Take a seat on our virtual therapy couch and get ready to learn all about, well, you. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're both licensed marriage and family therapists and relationship experts. We're the owners and founders of The Therapy Group, a nationwide psychotherapy practice with down-to-earth therapists just like us. Your session is starting, so get ready to know yourself and grow yourself. Hey, welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Hey, Em. Hey, babe. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? You know what? Just living and loving in 2024, aren't we? Beautiful. Beautiful <laughs> said. Living and loving. <laughs> is that? Oh, tell me, tell me your word for 2024. Oh, oh, it was. Um, should I forget it already? It was um, <laughs> grit. Oh, grit. Grit. I want to be gritty as fuck. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I like that I curse in the first two minutes of the show when literally just last night at two in the morning, we got a message saying we curse too much. That's my favorite thing when people send us at a very obscure time. They're, it's because they're probably like trying to relax. They're like, <laughs> people are probably laying in bed like, oh, you know, I'm struggling with my mental health. And I, need thing. To, I need to listen to this. Maybe this will calm me down and we're cursing, you know. So listen, yeah. we got it. We're sorry. We can't. We might, we might not we be the show for you. No, we can't help our mouths. I really, I need to, I, you know, I was sitting next to a child last weekend <laughs> and I could not, I, it kept coming out just so quick. I have and to tell if I'm on speaker, if I'm on Bluetooth in my car and my daughter's in it, I have to say to Jen, hey, before you start, Millie's, Millie's in the car. Millie's in the car. <laughs> because we've had some, <laughs> had some issues with it. I okay, let's Emily try to get through after. the rest of the episode without cursing. Oh, okay. I love that. Let's just see what happens for fun. Good luck for us. 
Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, intro question. What do you wish your clients knew about therapy from the therapist's point of view from Eliza? We love you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for asking this question. This is, I think this is such a good question that it's something that takes time. Mm. It doesn't happen overnight. That we also understand that if there are things that you might be struggling with that you've never told anyone before, that it might take a while for you to tell us things. We don't expect you to open up or trust us immediately. That's another thing. What else you got? So that therapy is much more than watching a 30-second thing on TikTok, oh, right? God, so I think of... sometimes um, clients come in and they want us to give them a tidbit because that's sort of what they've heard, right? Like some saying, or even if they follow us on social media, it's not what therapy is. We're not going to solve something in a saying or a cute quote. We're going to ask you a lot of hard questions. And um, you might feel worse after some sessions, and that's totally normal. And the other thing is, what you want about therapy is that the relationship matters. So if I do something, your therapist does something that doesn't work, you have to tell them and use that as practice for the real world for your relationships. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Let's Speaking of talking to people directly, <laughs> today's episode is about passive aggressiveness. I'm so excited for today's episode. I was trying to think of something really passive aggressive to say back to your response, for example, but I couldn't come up with one in the moment. You couldn't come up with it. No. So like, we'll just... oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah, that, you are. That's much better. I, I My mind froze. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what is passive aggressiveness? Let, let's just start out talking about what it is. What does it look like? So tell us. Tell so, us what it is. Okay. So here's a few examples of passive aggressive behavior because there's a few people that was like, how do I actually know when people are doing it? Like some people also usually that means you've been gaslit a lot of your life that you're not sure. Okay. So there's a few different things that can sometimes look like, right? So one is saying people saying one thing with their words, but another with their body language, tone of voice or expressions, right? So if you're like, it's fine. Clearly, it is not, not fine. fine. It does not sound <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, right, so like, oh, no, no, it's good. And then I move my whole body away from you and I give you a silent treatment for the rest of the night. And, do, and also, in general, silent treatment is incredibly, incredibly passive-aggressive behavior. Yes, yes. Secretly trying to sabotage something, right? So, like, I told you I was going to help you with this thing or, or do this communication and I don't, I don't do it for you. Yeah. Um, I've gone back on my word. A huge nonverbals are a huge part of passive aggressiveness, right? So expressing myself with nonverbal cues, huffing or sighing, right? I made some dinner. I'm pissed off. I'm not going to tell you that. So I say, no. You're like banging, you're banging dishes <sighs> around. Passive aggressive. A lot of that is actually aggressive. But the reason it's passive aggressive is because I'm not actually saying what it is. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest issues with passive aggressive behavior is that there's a lack of direct communication and a lack of assertiveness. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because one of the ways that we um, deal with passive aggressive behavior is we need to learn to be more assertive. But Jen, there's a whole bunch of different types of passive aggressiveness. Yes. You know, when we're looking at passive aggressiveness, I think that typically we're looking at, oh, silent treatment, but there's a lot of things that we don't recognize as uh, being passive aggressive. And there's some incredible books by the author Preston Nee, um, who talks about the subtypes of passive aggressiveness. 
And his books are called How to Successfully Handle Passive-Aggressive People and a Practical Guide for Passive Aggressiveness to Change Towards the Higher Self. Um, And in these books, he talks about the subtypes. Um, So I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about them because some of them you might be surprised, right? And you might look at this and say, oh, wait, I am more passive-aggressive than I thought that I was. Because it is true that people aren't always aware that they're being passive-aggressive. And so... Those subtypes are disguised verbal hostility, disguised relational hostility, disguised task hostility, and hostility towards others through self-punishment. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what each of those are. So disguised verbal hostility, it can be understood as negative gossip, sarcasm, uh, like hostile joking. This is kind of what we were saying earlier. Someone saying, oh, you know, like you don't help with anything, but I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Repetitive teasing, habitual criticism of ideas, solutions, conditions, expectations. People will experience this in the workplace, right, where they will put out an idea Um, And maybe, you know, it's ignored or people put it down. So that's disguised verbal hostility. Then there's disguised relational hostility. So this includes the silent treatment, social exclusion, neglect, backstabbing, deliberate button pushing, overspending, sullen resentment, and um, indirectly hurting something or someone of importance to the targeted person. So that, you know, is something, once again, that we experience. Sometimes it's hard to call out in our relationships. But once again, the reason why we want to go through these is so that you understand what these look like. The next one is disguised task hostility. Uh, This can take the form of chronic procrastination or tardiness, stalling, withholding resources or information, professional exclusion, denying personal responsibility, making excuses, lack of follow-through, stubbornness, and inefficiency. This is also something you see in the workplace a lot. That's kind of fascinating. I know. And uh, the fourth one is hostility towards others through self-punishment. So this can present as deliberate failure, exaggerated or imagined health issues, victimhood, dependency, self-harm, and deliberate weakness to elicit sympathy or favor. And once again, you know, sometimes we know we're being passive aggressive and sometimes we don't. And so that's why I wanted to talk through, like, here are some of the subtypes to help you understand them and help look at, like, are, am I exhibiting any of these behaviors? Because some of the reasons why people are passive aggressive is because they have a fear of conflict. They have a difficulty in expressing their emotions. Um, they might have a low self-esteem. They might have a lack of assertiveness. And, and those things can be developed from childhood, right? If you grew up in a family that struggled with conflict, maybe they were very conflict avoidant, or you weren't taught how to express your emotions, you weren't taught to understand what you were even feeling to be able to express those emotions, you know, this can very much be perpetuated. And so when we're struggling with something, when there is conflict, and conflict is part of life, it's part of relationships, it's what we go through. But when we have never learned to understand how to, in a healthy way, express that conflict or move through that conflict in our relationships, it comes out in other ways and it can come out in other destructive ways. And so that's why we want to bring this to light, bring this passive aggressiveness to light so you can understand, am I doing this? Are there people in my life who are doing this? And if so, how do I tackle my own behavior? And how do I address other people's behavior if they're being passive aggressive? Which brings us into a lot of our questions. 
anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Becoming passive aggressive is something that's super common for people that are conflict avoidance, but also people pleasers <laughs> because they really struggle with directly saying something. So they try to communicate it, communicate their needs in this really un- unhelpful way. Um, but it is an attempt at getting needs met. I want to answer this question quickly before we move forward that somebody had said, um, what is the difference between responding with sarcasm and being passive aggressive? And here's an example. My partner says to me, um, hey, will you go flip the laundry? And I look at my partner in the eye and I say, I would love to flip the laundry. That nothing would make me more turned on and excited in this moment to flip the laundry, right? I giggle, I walk away, I flip the laundry. Sarcasm, emotional trust, intimacy, right? Okay, I'm attacking them. And I'm it's not funny. For them. It's funny. I-, I am funny. Thank you. Now, what's passive aggressive? My partner says, hey, will you go flip the laundry? And I say, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. I'll go flip the laundry. No problem. (sighs) Again. 
again. And then I go in, I make a bunch of noise while I'm doing it. I slam shut the dryer and I'm pissed, right? Okay, that's the difference between sarcasm and passive aggressiveness. Sarcasm can have a place for laughter and lightness in a relationship, but there's also emotional safety and there's not something that's being unsaid. And I think that the way that you describe the sarcasm, right, that there's a lot of connection in that, but I think you can also be sarcastic and there isn't connection in it. Yes. Right. So there's also ways to use sarcasm that might be considered more passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. I think the way that we use sarcasm as human beings is usually like pretty lighthearted. But yeah, I think that there's there's ways that it right, because there's a difference between saying Sure, I would love to. I would love to flip the laundry. It's my favorite task. And sure, I love flipping the laundry. My favorite task. So what we're talking about a lot when it comes to passive aggressive behavior is nonverbal, right? So it's the body language, it's the, the sign, the huffing. The, well, the tone, which I guess is a verbal, right. but not the actual content. Right. Someone, my mother's going to listen to this and tell me how that's grammatically incorrect what I just said. Is she going to say it in a passive aggressive way? No, no, she'll directly she'll be say direct. it to me. Don't worry. It'll, <laughs> it'll it will be not direct. be passive aggressive at all. It'll be a text. It'll be very, very direct. Um, Okay, so somebody said, well, how do I handle this now that I've gotten it from my family members and friends my whole life? How do I change what you've previously allowed in my relationships? So let's talk about how to actually handle Let's say somebody's passed a residue. Um, how many people do you think wrote in about their mother-in-laws? <laughs> so many. <laughs> it feels to me like I have to be the world's best mother-in-law if my child ever gets married. You do. Um, because mother-in-laws just get so much hate. They really do. <laughs> they really I, do. Well, I think that maybe some of the reasons why people are writing in about their mother-in-laws is because maybe it's easier to have more direct confrontation with your mother, right, yes. as opposed to your mother-in-law. And I think that there can be so much built up, uh, you know, anger. But when you marry someone you haven't built in the trust and like communication to be able to tackle conflict within a new family, right? Yes. In your own family, maybe you've been doing it your whole life. Doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy, but when you are in a new family, you haven't necessarily developed the skills to be able to say like, well, how, what does this look like in the context of a new family where I want to stay connected to them? Um, but also I don't know how to express this anger mm -hmm. or frustration. So I don't know what that looks like. So I, I do think it's a relationship in which it often breeds a lot of passive aggressiveness yeah. because of the the difficulty in confronting that conflict. I mean, I feel like with my mom, I can directly say whatever I need to say to her, even if I'm scared to do it because I don't like confrontation, right? Like, even if I'm like a little bit worried, like I can still do it. I don't think I could do that with my mother-in-law. Right, same. Could you, right? Like, yeah. and it's nothing about them. It's like a lot of my own stuff, right? Yeah. Like, but like that would be a thing for me. Okay, so how do you start to do this? A lot of people had this question about like, do is it better to ignore it? Do I confront it? Like, how do I handle people do this? And here's one of the things I want you to think about is who's the person who's doing it? If the cashier at Target is passive aggressive towards me, I don't care. <laughs> You're having a bad day. Me too, baby. I don't know. So like that's I'm not going to confront that. I'm probably going to ignore it um, because I don't, I don't care about this. So for me, now, if there's a relationship where there's going to create a rupture, 
then I'm going to say something about it. That is different than a relationship where there's not actual uh, relationship, where there's no rupture. So here's an example of that. Let's say Jen and I are in a meeting and she does something very passive aggressive towards me. What could that ever be? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I might say to her afterwards, hey, in the meeting, this happened. And I want to like, what did you mean by that? And that's something you can say. If somebody makes something, says something really passive aggressive, like sort of this like over the shoulder thing, you're allowed to say, what do you mean by that? What are you trying and, to say right now? And you know what that does? It it communicates to them that you're curious about what's underneath them being passive aggressive. Because if you look at the reasons why people are passive aggressive in general, it's maybe that they're uncomfortable with conflict. It's maybe that maybe they have low self-esteem. They don't believe that if they express their real feelings to you, that you're going to value or appreciate mm -hmm. them. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why people lean into passive aggressiveness as opposed to saying like, hey, you know, I had a really hard time at that meeting because X, Y, Z. And so what you're communicating when you're saying like, hey, what did you mean by that? Um, you're saying like, I really value what you're feeling and I want to understand what you're feeling. Like you can say to them, hey, you know, I notice that uh, every time we're in a meeting, you shut down or you stop talking or you give me the silent treatment. And I just want to understand, like, what's going on for you? It's really important for me to understand what's going on for you. And I think what happens instead is that sometimes passive aggressiveness breeds more passive aggressiveness um, or passive aggressiveness breeds aggressiveness, right, where we get <laughs> angry, right? Because we're frustrated. We're like, well, why don't you just tell me? Why Why aren't you just expressing this to me? And what happens when we're doing that is that we're taking it very personally. Oh, you're not expressing this to me because something's, something is wrong. You think this about me or you can't talk to me about this. There might be years and years of conditioning that have built up this person's, you know, way of expressing their anger through passive aggressiveness. And so if you take it as... There might not be malintent behind this. Also, this person may have no idea they're even doing it. And so yeah. even you bringing it to their attention might allow them to have a little bit more awareness of the fact that it's even happening to mm -hmm. begin with. And then you could say, hey, next time this happens, next time I do something that maybe triggers that for you, you can let me know. Like you can say that to me and it's okay. Like I want to know how you're feeling. And I want to make sure that in our relationship, I'm not triggering that for you. And let's talk about what that might look like in the mm -hmm. future. You said something important, which is like some people might not even know they're doing it. So let's talk about like, why do we fall into this? Let's go back to this thing of lack of assertiveness. If I do not feel like I, whether it's emotional safety, bravery, the right words, whatever it is, I can't say what I need to. It's going to come out in some other unhelpful way. Another big thing that goes into this is insecurity, right? One of the big reasons we have a lack of assertiveness is because of insecurity. That's really what's beneath all this. And then for many of us, it's upbringing. This is how people communicated in my family. And so that's what I've learned to do, right? Have you ever been like um, with someone's family and you like hear them talk to each other and you're like, oh my God, like I... <laughs> 
you're just like, whoa, like that is not how we talk. And whether that's good or bad, really, sometimes you'll hear someone's family like, wow, that was so beautiful. Yes. Yes. Other times you're like, my Lord, now I get it. Um, Wait, what's that show? Oh, my God. There's an episode of Ted Lasso where he says, um, he's like, I love me and people's moms. It's like an introduction to their therapy. It's like an introduction of why they're in therapy. Like, yes. Yeah. And so we fall into it. Lack of assertiveness, insecurity, upbringing. And we have to say, why am I doing this now? It's behavior I've learned. It's behavior that's maybe worked or not worked before. But what is getting in the way rather of just asking what I need or addressing the actual problem? What's the fear behind it? Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks.
someone said, how to handle when the other person isn't aware that they're doing it. And that's where I think you can say something like, hey, I'm not sure that you're noticing this and I don't want to assume that you notice this. And so I want to bring it to your attention um, so that we can talk through it. I want to make sure that you're feeling safe in our relationship to bring this to me. Um, And once again, I don't even know if you're aware that this is happening. For example, you know, something that comes to mind in my family is like guilting, you know, like guilting someone if they're not doing something. I really don't think that my family's aware that they're doing it. It's just so natural Mm -hmm. that it's happening where it's instead of saying like, hey, you know, I would love to talk to you more. It's you never, you know, you never reach out to me or um, we never talk, right? Like, oh, I know you're, I know you're so busy. I don't want to bother you, mm. right? Like things like that, right? Where there's a, there's a underlying level of guilt in it, as opposed to saying, hey, I would love, you know, to talk more. I would love, or just calling and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, I would love to be more connected to you. But instead, there's an underlying level of guilt. And once again, there might not be intention behind it. There might not be an understanding or awareness behind it. It's just this is how emotions have always been communicated. This is how in my family, people have expressed to each other that they want to feel more connected. And it's much more vulnerable and opens you up to much much more possibility of rejection to be able to say like, hey, I would really like to get together. I would really like to talk more. And so sometimes that's why passive aggressiveness comes up too. It's a it's a way that we try to protect ourselves from feeling that vulnerability in our relationships. But what happens is it ends up pushing the person farther away. And when the intention is to actually bring them closer. So let's go to this question. How to tell someone they're being passive aggressive without making the other person offensive when they play the victim. So here's what you're going to do. One, you're going to find some truth in what they're saying. So what that might look like. Jen, give me a passive aggressive um, phrase. You had a good one earlier. I love that. (laughs) It's gone. Oh, oh, well, you're finally home on time. Great. Perfect example. Thank you very much. Okay. So I have an option. I can say you're being pretty passive aggressive right now, but someone who has a history of being defensive or playing the victim is probably not going to respond well to that. So you have another option, which is I'm going to ignore the inappropriate communication they did and I'm going to address the concern. So if somebody says to me, oh, you're finally home on time, I guess what they're trying to say to me is in the past, I've upset them with my punctuality. So I'm going to say, wow, I didn't realize me, my time coming home was that big of a problem to you. Or I'm going to say, well, what do you mean by that? What are you saying when you say that to me? And I'm going to ask more. So instead of if I'm defensive back, of course, you have something to say about what time I come home. Defensiveness is going to breed more defensiveness. And I will say, yeah, you're never home and I'm waiting for you. And I'm going to say, well, maybe I don't want to come home when you act like that. And I'm going to say, fine. Fuck stay, you. Stay <laughs> right now. God, we were so 25 close. minutes into the episode. I, it's pretty good. 
We were doing pretty good until then. That's okay. We, Silver we were, role play. Give me an enactment. It was a different persona. Okay, so let's play that out okay. as we talk through it in a different way. Yeah. Well, you're finally home on time. What do you mean by that? I just feel like I keep waiting for you to come home, and I think that you're going to be home at a certain time, and you weren't. I'm really sorry you're waiting for me to come home at a certain time, and I'm not giving that to you. Thank you. I just I'm going to find some truth into what they're saying. That is how you pull back on defensiveness. Find some truth in their, what they're saying, whether it's crazy or not. <laughs> Jen could be out of her damn mind. I could be one minute late, right? This is a straight thing. When I was postpartum and, and Aaron went back to work and I was home by myself, if that dude said he was coming home at 5.30 and he came in at 5.31, I was losing my mind because I had this expectation I was counting down the minutes until 5.30. And then if he wasn't there, all of a sudden, my expectations, my frustration, my disappointment, my anger, my jealousy yeah, all come out. And so then it would come out in this very, I'm not passive aggressive. I'm, I'm highly aggressive. <laughs> so mine wasn't, I made some passive aggressive comment when he came home. Mine was calling him every one minute. I also had postpartum rage and, you know, I had to start getting on meds. But... Um, don't do what I did. But I would be story. calling him every like minute afterwards because I was totally spiraling out. It really wasn't about him. It was about how scared I felt and the lack of confidence I felt with being a new mom. And I felt like if he was there, we better. I was scared. I was lonely. There was all this other stuff went into it. But he couldn't see that. All he saw was me repeatedly calling his phone. Yeah. And, and you know what I think is really beautiful about this in like de-escalating it, right, for you to turn to your partner, right, even if they're really struggling and they might be more reactive in certain instances, um, when you are able to look underneath that reaction and you're able to see, okay, Emily's a new mom. She's lonely. She's struggling. This is, you know, this is a, a new experience for her. Um, and you're able to see the vulnerability underneath that passive aggressiveness. And you turn towards your partner and you say, hey, I see that this is really hard for you. I'm really sorry. And I'm here for you now. I'm going to work on being on time more. Because it's true. It might be the case that your partner is extra triggered because of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, and But if you instead get defensive, to the passive aggressiveness, it is going to escalate. It's going to turn into an argument. It's going to turn into a fight and it's going to affect your relationship more. Underneath any passive aggressiveness, even aggressiveness, is pain. It's always pain, mm -hmm. right? And the way in which we react to that pain can be through aggressiveness, passive aggressiveness, because it feels too vulnerable to turn to our partner and say, I am really lonely and I'm in a lot of pain. I understand that you're at work and you're working really hard, but I really need you right now. It is really hard to say that when we're in a lot of pain. And so if you can look underneath their reactivity and turn towards them, you're going to be able to most likely de-escalate that. What you're saying adds perfectly into this next question, which is how to deal with people who use passive aggression to try to get you to read their mind. So once again, 
you can say directly to somebody. If somebody's being passive aggressive to you, do not be passive aggressive back. It will literally get you nowhere. But be direct. I think you want to say something to me right now, and I absolutely cannot read your mind. Can you tell me what's going on for you? Be curious. If somebody is being passive aggressive, there is a reason why. Can I hold on to my own reactivity, my own defensiveness enough to look into them and greet them? Mm. Even with your mother-in-laws, I think it's really easy for us to villainize someone. It's so easy to say, oh, she's just the worst. And hey, man, maybe that's true. I don't know her. But what I do know is that seeing somebody as one-dimensional will never lead to fulfilling relationships. You're going to be stuck in the same dynamic that you're struggling in. And you don't have control over whether that person is passive-aggressive towards you. And I think that's what's really hard is that keep looking at passive aggressiveness and saying, well, why are they so passive aggressive? Mm -hmm. Why can't they just talk to me? Right. Maybe they once again, they struggle with vulnerability. They don't know what they're feeling. They don't even know that they're being passive aggressive. This is how they've always been taught to communicate. You can't control the way that they respond or react to conflict. But what you can do is choose to do something different to them being passive aggressive. You get to make that choice. And so that's what I would say. And, and maybe this is a question to sit down and ask yourself. When someone is passive aggressive towards me, how do I respond to that? Mm. What does that bring up in me? Mm. How am I feeling? And notice when you are feeling that, how do you react to that feeling? Do I feel rejected? Do I feel frustrated? Do I feel however you feel? Get out of feelings wheel. Look at that feelings wheel, figure out how you're feeling, and then figure out, well, when I'm feeling that, when someone's being passive aggressive tomorrow, how am I reacting? Is that working for me in my relationship? If not, what do you want to do differently? Now, I know that there is at least one person listening to this saying, well, why should I have to be the bigger person? You shouldn't. <laughs> you Life shouldn't. isn't fair. <laughs> Life is not fair, right? Like, this is one of those times you're like, wow, but this person's always passive aggressive toward me. Why shouldn't I just be back to them? They're such jerks. Okay, sure. You could totally try that route. I would like you to DM us and tell us how it goes. But it, it sucks. Life is not fair. It really sucks when you are the person who's doing the work to have healthy communication and you're surrounded by people that aren't. I wish I could fix that for you. I wish that there was a magic pill on the market that made people good communicators. It's never going to happen. <laughs> or maybe it's called psychedelics. I do not know. But what I want you to think about is, if I was to do something different, what change could there be? And then how would I feel about myself? Because one of the things I also know is for many of us, after we're passive-aggressive, we don't feel good about ourselves. So whether that's guilt, shame, I then try to be overly nice to them afterwards because I feel so shameful and guilty. So think about who you want to be. We're heading into a new year. How does this communication style really work for you anymore? Yes. All right. One final question, and then we have to get to Dear Emma Jed. Dealer's choice, because I have one. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Please, my dear. <laughs> the reason I want to say this is because this person's taking responsibility. They said, I know I do it. Difficulty stopping myself from it. Sad face. Let me say, you recognizing that you do this, writing it in, you're amazing. 
it is not easy to admit this. It takes humility. You know, it takes an ability to understand and have a self-awareness there. Um, But I would ask yourself questions about it, just like we're talking about being curious to someone else who's passive aggressive. Be curious towards yourself. What makes it difficult for me to communicate this? What, what am I concerned about? If I were to say, hey, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the chores around here um, and I really would appreciate a little bit of help, what makes that difficult for you? What makes that hard? Is it a fear of how the person is going to react? Um, is it that you always learned that that was the way to handle conflict? So I first want you to get really curious about your passive aggressiveness. How does it come up? You can look at those subtypes again and say, what subtype does this fall into? Um, I want you to really work on understanding your passive aggressiveness. And then I want you to say, well, if I were to change this, if I were to be more direct about my feelings, what would that look like? How would I be expressing myself? And I want you to try it. I want you to try it in some of your relationships. I want you to start to implement it. But that might take really understanding the moment that you're feeling that frustration, the moment that you're feeling that resentment. Because if you're not aware of the emotion that's building up for you, then it's going to be hard to change the actual behavior. It's going to be hard to change the passive aggressiveness. So the first step is just being aware of the emotion that comes up. And then I want you to say, well, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to handle this differently? So let's go into this with Dear Evan Jen, because I think these can go together. Dear Evan Jen, how do I set boundaries with my in-laws even when my husband doesn't agree? For example. His family was visiting, but their children were all sick. I didn't want to take our kids to visit, but everyone felt like I was being unreasonable. So we went, and now I have a house full of sick kids, and I'm angry. You have every right to be angry because it sounds like you weren't heard. So whether that's you weren't able to directly voice what you want, or you did directly um, voice it and you were ignored, um, we have to talk a different approach. And I have a really good six-word trick um, for this so that you don't become passive-aggressive and you communicate, which is attack the problem, not the person. The problem here is I didn't feel heard from you, and now our whole house is sick, right? So what that might look like is sitting down with your partner and say, I need to talk to you. I'm feeling angry. I'm angry that I wasn't listened to. I'm angry the kids are sick now and I have to handle that. I'm tired, blah, 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 right? Can we come up with a better solution moving forward? It's not going to do anything to blame your partner now. But what might feel more reasonable is to say, what could we do in the future so that you and I are on the same page? Because we've had this issue time again and, and I want it to be better. Beautiful. You have to say. I think that's it. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. It was just so amazing. <laughs> just amazing. What else can I say to that? You're just you're just an angel. <laughs> Attack the problem, not the person. So anything you have to think about this week, I want you to go into it with that mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We'll see you back here next Monday for another session. 
In the meantime, if you want a question answered or a topic discussed, follow us on Instagram at ShrinkChicks. And if you're looking to get connected with a therapist like us to start or continue your therapeutic journey, visit thetherapygroup.com. Just fill out a contact form on our website and we will personally match you with one of our amazing therapists. Also, if you'd be so kind, we'd love a rating review and for you to share with a friend or an enemy or a mother-in-law, honestly, whoever needs it so that we can keep reaching more people on our mission to bring mental health topics to your ears every week. Thanks for being here with us. And don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself.